Okay. Extreme close up. And here we go. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine. An eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Extreme Close-Up. I'm Dennis. I'm Brandon. And um, so many exciting things happening today. And uh, this week, actually, in... Uh, movie news this was a huge uh, week in movie news <laughs> yeah, yeah for i mean for two very good reasons uh the first of which is um they finally released a new trailer of sonic the hedgehog movie which i know uh your son is probably pretty hysterical about yeah my son uh, thinks that this is going to be a life-changing movie and uh we'll we'll see i'm I don't know that it's going to be a life-changing movie, but I will say that this trailer, it, it definitely makes it a movie that I do want to go see. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would definitely agree with some of that. Um, I do have an opinion on the new Sonic redesign, though, which I think um, most people don't have. And that is, I'm probably going to get blasted so much for this, but... I think that the old design looks better. <laughs> well, okay, so you just brought up a great point, and that is that the here's here's the problem. So you had you had two trailers. You had the original trailer with the old design, and then you have the new trailer with new new design. And if you took the old design and placed that in the new trailer that was released, I think that you would be totally fine. No joke. I, I I agree. Now there there's two points of design that I really think that if they combine that with the old design, it would sell a little bit better. And that is, I think maybe if they made if they increased his eye size by like maybe fifty percent, uh, not as big as it is now, but somewhere in between. And then also they gave him the gloves, and then they gave him the actual shoes that he has now. Right. I don't. I don't think people would be as upset about it, but yeah, I do agree. Putting him in the new trailer with the old design, I think would work totally, and people would have not had a problem with it. Yeah, I would I would like to see the old design in the new trailer because I feel like I know what the movie's about now. The old trailer, yeah, it, I, I, I was confused personally. Well, and and I, I wasn't super i wasn't super duper confused uh i played sonic a lot as a kid well what i I I mean by that is is i felt like jim carrey was like dipping into his inner ace ventura character and i was unsure of why he was doing that and although in the new trailer i still think we see a little bit of that i think we get more of Sonic's personality. And I think that they balance or they offset each other to where it works now. See, I, I do agree with that. I, um, and, and I think that's uh, obviously, I think our reasonings were almost the same. Um, Sonic is a lot funnier in this, in this trailer. Mm -hmm. He, he's, he's a lot more like I would imagine. I, I remember watching the Sonic cartoons with like Jaleel White as, as Sonic and then there was another one. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't Jaleel White. But Sonic was kind of like a, um, uh, not really, I guess you never really saw this in the games that I played because, you know, they were the side-scroller games. But Sonic was goofy and, and funny. And they didn't give him a lot to do in the first trailer. They almost It almost was like it was going to be a little bit more serious of a movie than you know, they ended up going with like, I I think one of my favorite parts of the new trailer is, um, when he is, um, when he's playing baseball with himself and he's playing all the positions. (laughs) Right. I love that. And and he, he gives each of the positions its own character as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
there's uh what was the other thing that i really liked oh when he was um i don't know if this was an intentional callback to uh x-men but when he's playing ping pong with himself as well mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was uh, because I, I know in what was it was it days of future past or it was it was either days of future past or it was first class they go and see um quicksilver and he's playing ping pong with himself right Right. Well, I mean, I think that what it is is you're starting to see the dynamic of the character. So you know that this is a character that has been developed. We did right. not see that last time. We saw a little blue, you know, CGI dude that's running around really fast. He's joking a little bit, but we had no idea where he came from. Uh, you saw in the new trailer the throwback to the classic Sega. I think it was about maybe... 30, 40 seconds into the trailer, you see the classic Sega logo. You see the Sonic character. So you see that tie-in that they brought to it. Now, I will say this. He doesn't look like he belongs in the world, though. I I agree with that. And and that was something that when you sent me the trailer, I think I... um, Which, they do make that clear. You know, like, you know, he's not of this world, like Green Hill Zone and all that stuff, wherever he's from, is not from this world. Um, But... As far as like effect wise, he doesn't seem a part of this world, in my opinion. Like, I think that they they weren't. I think they were given enough time, but at the same time, I think that they didn't have the same. They were given enough time to change Sonic, but they weren't given enough time to fully immerse Sonic as far as like lighting and shading and all this stuff. I think it. Right. I mean, the, it the looks shadowing. like a worse Sonic, and yeah, the shadowing in some of the darker scenes does not work. Right, and I think that um, oh, there was there was one oh his a lot of people were complaining about his teeth in the old Sonic uh, mm-hmm. trailer. I I don't know. I think his teeth look worse in this one. I think I think he looks fake, and it re, and it recalled not. I mean, not that I wanted Sonic to look real, but it reminds me of um, a movie I enjoyed as a kid, the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's how much of like it was in between that Roger Rabbit and current like I, I guess it's in between Roger Rabbit and Detective Pikachu is how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Whereas the old Sonic was leaning more toward the Detective Pikachu side to where it was like, oh, okay, this thing actually looks like he exists within this world. Right now, and Detective Pikachu actually worked. I think it was one of the few video game movies that just flat out works. It's fun. It's a family movie. I think it I think it's a PG rated movie and I would assume Sonic's going to be a PG rated movie as well. Um just from the trailer. And uh but but I think that they're I think that by listening to the fans and going back and recreating the look of Sonic, I think it's going to be a disadvantage overall and my one hope is that we get a special release, a 4K release where you get to see both versions of the film. Um, the original are like the director's intent, and then, you know, naturally the final release, which is the one that's going to hit theaters February 14th. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Now, now one thing that I think is is good is that, um, and, and this doesn't always work out for the better, but for the better of the actual like fandom of Sonic, because that's who they're really hitting with these movies. They're not hitting like, I, to be honest, I'll go see the movie, but like, it's not something I'm ch- I'm champing at the bit to see. Um, yeah, it's got some pretty like good actors that um, like uh, Ben Schwartz is playing Sonic. Uh, I I really like him as an actor and a comedian, and Jim Carrey, of course. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. But um, I'm not just, like, you know, running out to see this movie. I will go see it. Um, it's probably not going to be, like, opening night or anything. But I think that wait, it's cool Wait, wait, so you're not going to spend Valentine's Day seeing the Sonic movie? Um, no, I'll, I'll leave that for the, uh, the romantic types that are going to be taking their see, uh, significant see, others to go see Sonic the Hedgehog on, on uh, February see the release, 14th. The release date makes no sense to me. Uh, to me personally, this is a watch it on Blu-ray. This is a watch it on streaming. It's not a. It, to me, it's not a theatrical movie. Well, what I'm very interested in is why they didn't decide to release it in the summer. There's no, I I, I can't think of a single 
big budget box office action movie that's coming out next summer. Like, I mean, like, you know, they could have killed in the summer. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny. I I think, uh, man, years ago, back when I used to get the entertainment weeklies in the mail, I knew of all the releases. And then I switched because Apple offers that, um, the Apple news and I get entertainment weekly for free or not for free, nine ninety five a month, right? Right. But the layout of the magazine is so different on that. And even though oh, I yeah, canceled my subscription, now I, I can't figure out what movies are coming out when anymore. So honestly, well, I, and, I don't even know what the summer release schedule looks like. Yeah, and I, I generally um, uh, like to rely on IMDb for that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I never got the Entertainment Weekly but I could I could see how that would be totally different because you know they're playing more for a mobile device than they are you know that they're they're gonna have to uh, they would have to do an overhaul on that design to even make it work for you know a you know five to seven inch screen right but um, yeah I, I I know that I would assume at some point um, your your son's gonna be asking you to go see Sonic the movie uh, the Hedgehog movie. Uh, he, he's probably he, want to go. He's still. Did you know he he has three Sonic shirts that way that he's able to wear one on a Monday, one on a Wednesday, and one on a Friday every single week. Yes, I, I did know that because uh, I I show up every Friday that I come up there. He's wearing that Sonic shirt if I see him. Yeah, I mean like uh, it's 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 wild. All we need to do is buy him two more, and then he can just five days. He a can week. be Sonic. Yeah, he can he can wear the Sonic. You got to buy him the Sonic Adidas too. <laughs> Actually, I, I I was thinking about that for uh, Christmas, but uh, they're like four thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that's not going to yeah. happen if he's listening to this <laughs> podcast. Um, but I I think I think we're pretty much you know in agreement on this subject that um you know I think I don't know I think that the movie looks like a better movie, but the Sonic in my opinion doesn't look like the a, a better Sonic. And I, I just want to bring up one, you know, small note before, um, you know, before we move on. But I actually was talking about um, the Sonic the Hedgehog redesign to mm-hmm. a friend of mine last night. Uh, we, we had a movie night over at his house and um, we were talking about, you know, the redesign. He had never played Sonic, but his roommate had. So he knew, you know, the whole what was going on. And um, I told him, I was like, you know, I think. You know, I, I don't want to be like, you know, because uh, they they made this whole effort to change things for the fans, you know, the design of Sonic to make him look more like Sonic. And I was like, I don't want to be rude to them or anything or the, or the effort that they put into it. But I like the old Sonic better. And I show I showed my my friend who has never played Sonic. He, he's only, you know, known of Sonic, you know, uh, from a distance. And I showed him both designs side by side, and he preferred the original design. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, and, and I'm not going to go down this path, but I think it's worth noting, again, it goes back to because of social media, because of the ability that we have in the interconnection of the world, that studios and news outlets, they're listening to the fans. And unfortunately, everybody's getting involved in the creative process. And I think that that's, that's a loss in this instance, because I would have liked to see the original. And again, I think that they should have waited to release the trailer and given us the trailer that was just dropped last week with the original Sonic. And I think that everyone would have been much happier with it, or at least that's my, yeah, exactly. And and I think um, maybe that's what made fans, you know, more upset is you know the fact that one this guy looks about 50 percent the way sonic actually looks and then two he's not even he doesn't even seem to have the same attitude as sonic has Mm -hmm. and so i think if you give them one of those things like you were saying you know that um that would have really i I think sold it to the fans but um yeah I, i think i was reading an article about this and um one of the creators of Sonic or one of the teams that worked on Sonic and one of the uh, team members that worked on Sonic was happy with the, um, with the redesign and happy that, um, I don't know who's, who's actually producing this movie. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. It's, it's Paramount. But, 
Okay, so oh yeah, that's right because the uh, the Paramount logo in the trailer has the rings, the gold rings around yeah. it instead of the stars. Speaking of which, outside of Universal, I mean, it's one of my favorite studios. Oh yeah, yeah. I no, mean, when I, you look I, at the catalog of releases, and 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 make sure to bring up Paramount when we uh when we get around to our other discussion because I I have something that um would be of interest to you, um but so he was saying that he was glad that they listened to the fans and they changed that. But at the same time, he was upset that they have essentially scrubbed all of the old Sonic trailers and all of the old media concerning Sonic that they've released off of the internet. Like, basically, if you go to, I guess it would be Paramount, or probably there's a Sega YouTube channel or something like that, and you look up the Sonic trailer, you apparently you will not find the old Sonic trailer. Like, mm-hmm. it's all going to be like re-releases or something like that. And he was actually upset about that. You know, he said that we should leave that up. And I think at one point he mentions, you know, the same thing that we talked about, where he hopes that there is a release that has the original uh, intention and artist's uh, uh, VFX artist's intention and visualization of Sonic. Right. And, you know, that was one of the things right after the new trailer dropped that I tried to go back and do is is rewatch the old one. And, yeah, it totally disappeared like it never happened off the Internet. And I I was really disappointed with that. Um, There were some screenshots to compare the two images that I was able to find. And, um, and yeah, so, I I mean, naturally, I screenshotted those to my phone so I can use those for reference. But uh, I think overall, I think it's going to be a decent movie. I think it's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars worldwide, personally. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's going to uh, probably jumpstart a a new trend in the way video game movies are made. Um, I think that we saw that with Detective Pikachu, personally. Right, and I was gonna say, I think I think if if we have any any movie to thank for the upstart in probably what's gonna be decent to great video game movies, I believe it would be Detective Pikachu that we have to thank. Because mm-hmm. I know they are coming out with a Mario movie that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon, so yeah. So, um, and, and speaking of which, we we should at some point cover the original Mario movie, and uh, it's funny, Thank- no Blu-ray release for that was ever released in the U.S. But I was able when I was in Europe to purchase a Blu-ray copy because it was released in Europe, and it's region B locked. So if you're listening to this podcast. You have to have a Region B Blu-ray player as well to be able to watch it. Um, but when I rewatched it, I was reminded of really... I mean, it was a fun movie. It was totally not accurate to the video game at all, but it was a lot of fun for something that came out in the 92, 93 time frame. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there were so many changes to that movie that... Um, that it, I mean... It, there was there was a whole different vision on that movie to begin with, but I I, I personally enjoy the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I I hope that they do something really well with it. Um, and and I would like to see a trend kind of moving into some of those classical video game movies as well. And that's one of the things that I am excited about the Sonic movie because honestly, as much as I like comic book movies, I have fatigue with it. You know. Um, I loved Western movies, but if you look back at the history of cinema, I mean, there was an overkill of Westerns, and so eventually we saw the death of them. And, I mean, besides, you know, I mean, how many Westerns have been made in the past 15 years? Like, seriously. Um, maybe maybe two or three. Yeah. Like, that's uh, what, I mean, you got Hateful Eight, uh, Magnificent Seven. Um, I guess maybe if you want to consider, like, Django. Yeah. A western. I think I think Quentin Tarantino considers it a western. Um but yeah, I um Yeah, and so I mean I think it's time for them to bring back the westerns, but still, you know, I mean it's it's time to yeah, give us a comic book movie, that's fine. But okay, let let's see what we can do with some of these video game stories because of it, there's some really interesting video game storylines out there and with all the sequels that we continue to see, I think Hollywood needs to produce some original content or look at some other resources besides just the comic book movies. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, 
Yeah, the, I think the biggest issue with people trying to uh, make you know video game movies. I, I don't know if I discussed this with you before, but I've discussed it with a few other people, and I think there's there's this consensus that it's hard to make a video game movie um, because you lose kind of that first person like player one type um, type. Yeah, um, I'm trying to like almost like video games have sort of this POV type. Uh, feel to them and then mm-hmm. when you put that on a screen you're no longer controlling the story anymore and so well, it kind of like gives you that weird separation from what's well going and i on. Under, i understand that but that's where i say that backstory that exists there around the characters get some great writers to sit down and develop something around that and so that's where i think you can be depending on what type of video game movie it is it can be loosely based on that first player type um idea but I mean you know I remember uh, I can't remember the name of the game because it was like 20 years ago but there was one that was about this dinosaur hunter or something and I remember to me I never liked the game itself but the idea that these this group of, of wild hunters were going out and hunting dinosaurs I thought that that story was very interesting <laughs> you know and maybe yeah, that's no. maybe that's not the movie that they go make, but I'm just saying I think that there's content out there that they could pull some ideas from. Definitely, and I think that even now, um, you know, they're they're taking those video game stories like Detective Pikachu, and what the, it appears that they're doing with Sonic is they're almost making it like a um, almost like an origin story now instead of mm-hmm. like, and they're really I mean kind of following the um, the superhero movie you know, uh, sort of plot structure to where instead of, you know, trying to give them an intentional, like, um, you know, we're, we're almost going to do it like the video game. They're giving them the structure where it's actually like telling a story instead of, you know, trying to align it with whatever they have in the game. Right. Yeah. So big news this week. Um, besides that hard segue, did you sign up for the magical Disney Plus? I, I did sign up for Disney Plus, and I can tell you that um, I watched the, the two episodes of The Mandalorian that have come out because that's what I really signed up for, and um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you that. Um, other than that, I mean, it's, it's basically just all of Disney movies on one streaming platform. Uh, I think they've pulled most of their stuff from other platforms and now it's all like exclusively on Disney plus. So I, I was not going to sign up for Disney plus. I had no intention to because I am not going to be four ninety nine, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine a month to death. And as you know, I do not subscribe to cable. I don't have TV service at all or anything like that. Um, I do have Netflix and, uh, so I was not going to do this. I had no intention whatsoever. And my cell phone provider sent me a link in my email and said that they were giving me Disney plus for 12 months for free, just because I was a Verizon customer. Right. So, so I was like, you know what, if I'm not going to pay for it, I have no problem doing this. In fact, like the Apple TV Plus, same thing. I got a new iPhone, so Apple gave me Apple TV Plus for one year. And I will tell you, both of these services, I have no intention when my 12 months is up of keeping them. No intention at all. But the marketing ploy is brilliant from this standpoint. Their new subscriber base immediately is paid for by somebody, these big corporations. So right. I can see this driving their stock prices, you know, because they're like, look at these subscribers that we have and all this. But I will tell you this, unlike you, I watched five minutes of that Star Wars show and it was poorly produced. The acting was terrible. And I was like, I, five minutes, I gave you five minutes and I'm not going to do it. And <laughs> I have no intention in going back. Really? No, no, not at all. Um, but what I did like was, um, flubber with Robin Williams. I noticed that that was there and it is an HD 
And although it's still lossy, compressed sound, um, which I'm not a fan of because, you know, I hate streaming media, I was pleasantly surprised to know that my kids can now watch Flubber with Robin Williams in high definition. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think that... um... See, I, I think that there's a lot of like shows that I'm probably going to end up watching, you know, just because one, they're they're either going to be hard to find or I'm going to have to find them on like DVD and stuff mm-hmm. like I mean, shows that I watched as a kid, you know, just wanting to go back and see how they hold up and all that stuff. Um, I'm surprised that uh, you didn't enjoy The Mandalorian. I, I personally enjoyed it a lot. Um, I mean, the first two episodes, you know, I'm not calling it, you know, there's some people that are calling it like the best thing that Star Wars has ever done since the return of the Jedi. Um, I don't, I personally don't think that. Um, I honestly think that, you know, the last Jedi is probably the best thing that they've done since return of the Jedi, but, um, either that or rogue one, rogue one might be the best thing that they've done since return of the Jedi. But, um, no, I really liked the Mandalorian though. I, I thought that John Favreau did a pretty good job and, um, it has, you know, a lot of, you know, actors in it that I enjoy. And I mean, I, I, I personally thought that the acting was, it was pretty good, uh, for a TV show and the, um, I mean, all, all things considered for, a, you know, a TV show is what it is. I thought the visual effects were pretty okay. Yeah. Well, and, and I've had several people tell me that I need to give it a second chance. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not going to ever give it a second chance. And if I do, I've just got to do it within the 12 months. Because like I said, I will not pay $7 a month for this service. I just, I, I, I won't, you know, the, um, there, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of old, like you said, there's a lot of old TV shows. I mean, not TV shows, but the old Disney movies and things like that, um, that are there. My personal first impression of this was, and and I think I sent you an article about this, was people are seeing this as a, you know, the death of physical media because they're saying, you know, with a service like this, are the studios going to continue to release physical media or are they going to just package everything that way? Uh, I guess really there's no way that anyone can say either way. Now, we'll say this about that argument is... I, I honestly cannot imagine a world where there is zero physical media, like at, oh, at, at any point in no. time. I think that there will always be physical media. It's going to be very expensive, possibly at one point in time, and you may only have an option of two players. You know, it's not going to be right. I mean, you you look at record players now. You know, there's actually a, a pretty decent selection of record players, and records outsell CDs, which is amazing when you think it's 2019. Um, and I think that you're going to see something possibly happen like that over the next 30 years, but because people like to collect stuff, I mean, they, they just do. But when you look at this service, I mean, you can't find, it's not, it's still, the problem is always the same. You can't find what you're looking for quickly. You don't know what you're looking for. It's just like kind of just thrown at you. Now, Um, now what they, and, and I would agree with that for the most part. Now what they have done though is I think they know what most people are going to watch, like your your average consumer is going to watch. And I think what they've done is is smart, where, you know, as soon as it boots up and it goes to your, your um, basically your UI, mm-hmm. um, the, the first thing you see on at the top is you see Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and um, Nat Geo, I think is like the the five or four or five things that you see on the top. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, that was a very smart thing that they did. Um, one thing that I think is just completely garbage is they do not, at least in my experience, they do not have a resume play function. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you exit out of something, like I watched half of the Mandalorian and on my phone and then went to the TV and I was like, oh, I guess I'm starting this over again because I can't resume where I was, like the last, you know, s- spot. Which I'm glad that I watched it on a 50 inch TV over my phone, like all the way through. But at the same time, when it comes to, um, which I mean, I have Avengers Endgame on, you know, disc anyway. But say mm-hmm. I sit down and I want to watch Avengers Endgame, and I get up halfway through, and I exit out of it, and then I come back later. 
I'm just going to have to remember that time code because I'm going to have to fast forward all the way through. This may, and this may be a bug that they have to fix. It, it just doesn't seem like a bug. It just seems like something they forgot to include. Hmm. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, you know, critiques that I have of it. I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think, I don't think it's going to kill physical media. I think it's going to, um, people aren't going to be as, uh, likely to buy physical media anymore. Your average consumer is not going to be, uh, you're always going to have your collectors out there. Like you said, uh, people want to, you know, collect stuff. They want to hold physical things in their hand. Um, you know, humans have a very, like, um, a need for, for tactility, if that's a word, um, to be able to touch something. Um, but I, I just think that, I think that there will always be a need for physical media squarely based on the fact that a lot of people are probably going to stay subscribed to this service, but if you release a 4k disc for $30, I mean, that's five subscriptions to Disney plus right there. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, well, where, where I see the sweet spot here being is if you have children, because that's one thing. Now I did think, you know, exactly. as someone with a small child, I, I don't even think he's played with Netflix. Now there's, there's the kicker, right? Maybe, maybe I get rid of Netflix, which is like $14 a month at the end of 12 right. months and keep Disney because it would be cheaper. Maybe that makes the most sense. So, again, I mean, it goes back to there's a streaming war taking place. But, again, I think that that's where that sweet spot comes to play. Me as a disc collector, it doesn't meet my need. But do I personally want to pay 30 bucks for Angry Birds 2? Or do I personally want to pay 30 bucks for the majority of Disney movies just so my kids can watch them? No. So maybe it does make sense in that aspect. Right. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to have multiple subscriptions to services. I mean, there's going to be one to rule them all for sure. Well, and, and that's like, I've, I've thought about, um, you know, there's, there's times where I've actually like canceled Netflix up until, you know, stranger things season four comes out. I'll probably cancel Netflix, you know, watch the shows I want to watch within like a month or so and then cancel it because I don't want to pay, you know, for the rest of the year when I'm not watching anything on there or the things that I can watch, I can watch on, uh, Amazon prime for free, or I can watch on, uh, Hulu for free. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about right. just getting rid of Hulu completely. Cause I don't I have no need for it. Yeah. And see, I, I don't the, even have Hulu. Well, and, and I was thinking about going for the, uh, you can get the Disney plus the ESPN plus and Hulu plus for 1299 a month. And I was looking into it and it was like, well, it's the commercial version of Hulu. And I was like, Oh no, thank you. Because mm -hmm. the commercial version of Hulu is such garbage when it comes to commercials, you within like a 20 minute show, you have five commercial breaks. And one time I kid you not, I watched the same commercial three times in a row at five commercial breaks within a 20 minute show. Like I just can't handle that. Right. <laughs> And, and I think what it is, is they have these, like, they have a very slim number of ad, um, advertisers because they know that most of their subscription base is either doing Hulu live TV or they're doing Hulu plus. And so I think it's a ploy to get you to buy Hulu plus by just bombarding you with the same commercials over and over and over until you finally just break down and say, yes, I'll pay your $12 a month to yeah. get no commercials. Yeah, I'm, pay I'm paying not to be advertised too. Exactly. Yeah. A and that makes me wonder what's going to happen long term with things like even um, Facebook. I or not Facebook, but the, uh, what is it, YouTube. Right. Be because I can't tell you how many times I've been watching a YouTube video and then halfway through an ad starts and I'm like, nope. Now, I don't mind oh. an ad at the beginning and I don't mind an ad at the end. But like, right. like, Every four minutes, an ad kicking in, that gets, oh, that's overkill. Yeah, it, it's already here. Uh, YouTube yeah. Premium. I, I pay for YouTube Premium because I'm on YouTube all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's worth it, in my opinion, not to be advertised to. Um, well, and, 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 and it's, also, and it's get, multiple get, times. I mean, I, 
I mean, it's, it's like what, podcasts. You're going to get an ad on a podcast, but you don't get an ad on a podcast like every like two to three minutes. No, you're getting it, you know, maybe one at the beginning, maybe one at the end. Most likely you're getting a mid-roll is what you're usually getting. Right. Uh, most of the time they'll split the episode in half and then and then call an advertisement on top of that. But um, YouTube, I mean, they, they have their originals that you get with it, and then you also get no ads, and then you can download um, you can download videos for offline viewing. And then my favorite thing that, I do all the time is um, you can play YouTube when you exit out of the app. So if I'm playing a video and it's just, you know, informational, I can close down the YouTube app or I can turn off my display on my phone and it'll keep playing the video. And I think that's one of the best features of that actual YouTube premium. Yeah. Well, here's my prediction for Disney plus you ready for it. Yeah. November 2019, here's the prediction long-term. Don't know how long it's going to take them, but here's where they're going with it. Eventually, they are either going to have original content that's produced, like what people do on YouTube that's uploaded, or they are going to allow ad space to be sold on their original TV show programming. Uh, I, I could see that actually happening. I mean, they're... They haven't even begun. I think I want to say Mandalorian is the only original that they have or exclusive, whatever you want to call it, is the only original programming that they have on there right now. I think they have um, there's one called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have like four or five shows right now, but, you know, they're, they're not they don't have the ones that everybody subscribed for. They don't have the Marvel ones. And I was really uh I mean, I could see why they don't have those, but I was kind of upset when I found out, you know, they weren't going to be at least launching with one of the Marvel programs because that's, I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons that I signed up for it is more the original content instead of, you know, all of these other movies, you know, I I just think that, um, it was kind of a bait and switch kind of thing that they were like, Oh, you know, it's going to have all these cool things on it, but you got to wait a couple years before you can actually get those. Well, the one thing that they're doing that I think is is smart is they're not releasing the full series all at once. They're waiting like week over week. Agreed. And a lot of shows and original content uh, from like Hulu and Netflix, they're moving to that model. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a smart move. I think a lot of people are getting upset about it, but I believe it's a smart move financially and a business decision. But I think also more people are watching shows the same way that they used to, to where you would watch a show every week and you would gather around the water cooler to talk about it at work. Right. I think it's a smart decision. Right. Because, because again, you, you see these shifts take (coughs) place in society and you don't hear people talking about binge watching shows as much as you did even two years ago. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, one other thing that I really liked about um, Disney Plus is when you were talking about the kids, um, you know, having kids and watching stuff with them. Um, they do have a kids option mm-hmm. to where you can you can when you set up an account, you can toggle it to where it's a kids account. And as long as you're on that account, it doesn't show you. I mean, it shows it's basically set up for kids content. So like anything that's maybe rated like PG thir- or PG and under or, you know, there may be some PG-13 content in there. But I think it removes, like, a lot of the Marvel movies and, like, anything with, like, language and stuff like that to where, you know, you can, um, you know, YouTube has already proven that, you know, they really can't be trusted with a kid's app. But I think Disney, I mean, they're so committed to, you know, the family-friendly experience that... um I think that they're going to be the ones that get it right as far as a kid's version of their uh, subscription service. Well, that makes sense, but let's not forget they have Fox's catalog of movies now. And uh, one of the things that I would I would personally like to see is if they're going to continue down this path and they, ex- they expect to have their subscriptions continue to rise over time, release you know, either Fox Plus or go ahead and figure out a way to incorporate the Fox 
the complete Fox catalog, not just the Sound of Music, which I notice is on there. Yes. But re- release the Fox catalog. Oh yeah, and and I think there and and you can see all the movies if you go to the all movies tab on there, it really gives you a scope of like what movies they're having and and what they're releasing on there. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think that even there's even a lot of their own movies that I thought were going to be on there immediately that they aren't releasing until like 2020, 2021. Like uh I want to say I want to say the Incredibles isn't coming out until um I want to say it's like 2020, like July of 2020. It won't be on um it won't be on uh Disney Plus. It you can see it on there. You can watch the trailer for it, but it won't show up until that time. Uh one thing that I am reminded of that I wanted to to mention to you when we were talking about Paramount, apparently um because of, you know, distribution and all that stuff, um, the Incredible Hulk and the Spider-Man movies will not be on Disney Plus. Really? Like, as far, yeah, as far as like Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, and the Incredible Hulk will not be on Disney Plus. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's something that they'll work out eventually. I don't know, mm. you know, what what's going on. I mean, it's it's distribution rights, obviously. Yeah, well, but the um, original uh, Captain America was uh, Paramount as well. See, that's that's well, the Incredible Hulk is Universal, mm-hmm. so um, that may be, you know, they may have an agreement with Paramount, which is very interesting because they don't have the same agreement with Paramount when it comes to movies anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's something they eventually want to make happen because you know they want to complete their set on Disney Plus. They don't want you going anywhere else for movies. Um, but you know, I I thought it was just very interesting that they couldn't you know swing that as far as, you know, when they release their movies on Disney plus, they're going to be missing some. Right. Well, there, therein lies the uh, problem of early on, uh, making movies without their studio intact and all the properties together. You know, I was just, uh, actually on YouTube, I was watching a thing about Iron Man coming to screen and like, there was a time that Fox owned the property, New Line Cinema owned the property um, and eventually Paramount uh, acquired the ability to distribute the Iron Man <laughs> property. So right. it's just interesting to see the way that everything got thrown all over the place back then. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's very interesting how they how they did that. Um, because, I mean, uh, for the first few movies, it was Marvel just producing them as Marvel, mm-hmm. not as, you know, any conjunction with Disney or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, one, they sold the, most of their mo- more famous characters off in the 90s to avoid bankruptcy. And then two, they didn't really it didn't really seem like they had like a huge plan in place for like who was going to distribute these movies once we make them. So it was kind of like a hodgepodge of, you know, well, I guess this is this and this is that. And then now I think, you know, their chickens are coming home to roost and they can't get them all back. Yeah, somebody needs to just start writing new comic books. No, I, I definitely agree. Uh, if you could sell comic books, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so one of the things that uh, I wanted to bring up is on a later episode, we've talked about doing a show in regards to stand-up comedians in film. Yes, a- and what they've what they've offered to us, and uh, you know, one that. Uh, you know, I read the book about his life story was Sam Kinison, and he didn't really get to make the movies that he wanted to long term. So um, if somebody will leave some comments on our um, Apple podcast page and let us know if there's some comedians that you'd like us to cover or on our Facebook page, that would give us some ideas to research a couple and kind of bring them into play. What do you think, Dennis? Uh, I think I think that's a good idea. Also on our Facebook page, if you want to comment below this episode, um, and with any ideas that you would have for that, any you know specific comedians you'd want us to discuss, um, I know uh, one specifically that I think would be very interesting to go over is uh, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I think he has a very uh, he. It almost seems as if he has the Samuel L. Jackson model of just. I'll be really in whatever you want me to be in. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he's he's great in almost everything he's in, but um, it, it's very interesting to look at his filmography from Bill and Ted to Kevin Smith movies, you know, all over the place. So, well, and I just would... talking about that, that makes me think that you know we spend so much time covering comic book movies just because that's what's in the news and everything. But there is a vast area of topics that we we've got to get to. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, especially over the next year, I think it'll be real easy to get to a lot of those topics simply because there's such a lull that's going to be happening within the next year or so. Um, because you know, there's not a lot of major Marvel movies coming out until 2021. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, that'll give a lot of people time to say, okay, we can, you know, really stop talking about, um, comic book movies for the most part um and get on to you know movies that are in different movie topics that uh would most likely be of interest to most people if not for marvel movies being in the you know taking over the zeitgeist yeah so i know that we're getting close to our time but um next week i know uh this episode is going to drop and then the following week is going to lead up to Thanksgiving. So, what is your uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving movie? Um, I mean, there's I'm trying to think because there's really only one that really comes to mind, and uh, that's uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I was hoping you'd say that. Can you quote um, Steve Martin's line when he goes to the rental counter? Oh man. I haven't seen this movie in so long that I don't know if I could. Uh, all you have to do is say the F word like a hundred times and you've probably almost got it spot on. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go ahead and skip that one then. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another another movie that um, that has Thanksgiving in it. No, I mean, I mean that's, the, obviously that's like what's so Brown funny about that movie is it's, it, it's like it's known for being a Thanksgiving movie in, you know, America naturally. But one of the things that always cracked me up about that is it's like a really just funny, clean movie. And then like in one scene in the movie, like Steve Martin just goes <laughs> nuts and says the F word like, I don't know, like 30 times probably. And you're like, what just happened? I, you know, <laughs> I haven't seen it uh, in years, but I remember nah, like I, I remember trying to convince like some friends, hey, this is a great Thanksgiving movie. And they're like, are you serious? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um I want to do some research this coming week um before we release I guess our first annual Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Um and we- and really get get into the the meat of like what Thanksgiving movies are out there that are actually like pretty good movies that mm-hmm. um would be worth watching. I mean, obviously you have your Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Um you have your planes, trains and automobiles. But uh, what else is there? You know, are we going to watch the Waltons Thanksgiving reunion? I mean. Oh, wow. The Waltons. So, no, we've got some homework to do um, over the next two weeks before our Thanksgiving episode drops. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what we come back with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll come out with our list of the top uh, 100 Thanksgiving movies of all time. There you go. So in in the meantime of all of that, though, what can our listeners do to find out who won the Spider-Man Far From Home Ultra HD Blu-ray? Yes, so we are winding down that contest. Uh, we are going to be doing, um, if you know all works out in accordance, we will be doing a live stream picking the winner. I think we have about nine shares on that post right now. Um, if you're listening to this episode, this will be, uh, on the Monday. Um, I don't know the date of what it's going to be. What is, what is the date of the Monday? So it, it will it, be the be Monday, the 18th. Yeah. Monday, the 18th. So Monday, the 18th, if you have shared, uh, this was one thing that I wanted to bring up. You'll be listening to this episode Monday, the 18th. If you have shared the post concerning the, uh, contest, what I want you to do is, is you probably need to change your privacy settings because I cannot see except for one person who shared the post. And uh, that's really going to help us out. I mean, 
if you want to change it for, you know, up until like Tuesday, uh, I, I realize people are very iffy about their privacy settings, but if you want to change it up until, you know, Tuesday, the 19th, that'll give us enough time to gather the information we need on those sharers that, you know, both liked and shared our post. Um, that way we can, you know, make this a fair, uh, contest. So, uh, like I said, if you want to do that, change your privacy settings and, uh, that'll allow us to see, uh, or if you can prove that you shared it, uh, maybe take a screenshot of your, uh, of your post and comment it down below that post, uh, that should serve as, um, proof enough and we'll include you in the contest when we do our random generator that will tell us who won the Spider-Man disc. And um, once we do that, uh, we'll probably do that Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, once we do that, we'll get with you. We'll private message you on Facebook, get the information that we need. Uh, we won't share that information with anybody else. Uh, we won't sell your information. We're not that big of an operation to do that. No, we just want to get you the video. I mean, the, yes. the Ultra we, HD Blu-ray. That's all we want to do. Yes, we want that's to all we want to do. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we don't we don't care where you live or, or anything like that. We just want to send it to you. That that information means nothing to us. <laughs> but um, I, I think that about wraps it up. I mean, if you have anything else to say, Brandon, um, I, I think that you know we could you could take us home. Uh, well, there, you there's, add? uh, man, there's really, there's, there's only one thing that's really been on my mind today. There, there's um, one thing that's been on your mind on this, uh, on this blessed day. Yes. And that is, um, oh, I really just, I don't like streaming media. No. And, and is there, is there some sort of opposite media that you want to live forever? Long live physical media. I, I I don't think that you could have ended it this episode any more perfect way than long live physical media. Um, I think that does it for us. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Extreme Close Up. Um, and thank you for listening to all the episodes of Extreme Close Up. Um, if you have the time, please, if you haven't already, rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts. Um, we definitely appreciate it. It definitely helps. Um, like our Facebook page if you haven't already, and um, engage with the posts if you want to. Um, we'll definitely have more contests in the future. But again, thank you to those who participated in this contest, and thank you for listening. Um, I'm Dennis. I'm Brandon. And this has been Extreme Close-Up. Goodbye, everybody.